Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Justin, we got a little bit different setup. Jordan, we're back. We're, we're back and better than ever. <laughs> New look. Intern Thomas is on sabbatical, possibly forever. We don't know. Dearly departed. <laughs> don't worry. He didn't die. He Spill- <laughs> He's no longer with us. <laughs> with us. Literally <laughs> with this room. But uh, a lot to talk about this yeah. week. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, you know, busy time, and, uh, you know, let's start. We didn't really talk about this off camera, but NFL draft, Auburn guys. Yeah, man. Had some guys drafted. Anthony Schwartz goes to the Cleveland Browns. Listen, if you listened to OA News Overtime, you would know that Anthony Schwartz was the one who could have stretched up higher than uh, than people projected him, and he did. Yeah, yeah. So Told Schwartz, you so. Schwartz was the first one off the board. You had Jamie and Sherwood. Go to the Jets. You had KJ Brick go to the Tampa Bay Bucks, defending Super Bowl champions. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, and so he's with Carlton and Jamel. Correct. How about that? Auburn guy. And then, kind of the biggest surprise was Seth Williams. Here's what we were wrong about. Here, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> pat ourselves on the back for a minute. Though. Let's talk about what we were definitely wrong about. Seth Williams win. Was that the sixth round? Yeah, yeah. It was, goes to Denver. It was way too late. And uh, But, hey, joins Jerry Judy in that receiving core. And sure. And has a chance to kind of prove himself. That's I, a stack receiver group. I was hearing people talk about that. Like, it's just stacked. And it sounds like, like, and Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser, who is a Broncos noted, fan. Noted yeah. Denver not, not a – he doesn't have the scoop, but just being a Broncos fan says that he, he figures, you know, kind of this new GM's way of doing things is, like, after round five, they just pick best available. And hey, Seth's the best available in the sixth round. I don't care what you say. <laughs> um, he was best available halfway through the fifth round uh, by a lot. So uh, that was interesting to me. But it sounds like he'll have to work for it. But they didn't need him. They didn't need a receiver, is what it sounds like. But they went with the best available. I don't know, man, Jordan. What do you think? Why do you think he fell? And what do you think? I mean, I was surprised because I was sitting there, you know, watching the draft. Obviously, you're you're just kind of, you know, this is the first draft where I've, you know, been on the beat, and it's just kind of nerve wracking because you just are watching and making sure you don't miss, especially in those later rounds because picks come off the board, you know, one after the other. Right. Uh, And I was really surprised he he it took him that long to get drafted. You know, we talked about last week that we thought there was a chance he would be the first Auburn guy off the board. Right. You know, kind of comparing him and Schwartz. For sure. Because we talked about, you know, he was the leading receiver the last two years. But the thing, Mel Kuyper and Lewis Riddick and some of those other guys, Todd McShay really talked about when he was drafted was his lack of consistency. Sure. And the fact that he struggled with drops. And, you know, we think back think back to that Iron Bowl last sure. year. He has sure. A, crucial drop that sort of was the beginning of the end of Auburn keeping up in that game so you can kind of see you know I can see the understanding but I'm thinking yeah fourth or fifth round I know the first three rounds you're really trying to get a starter you want a guy that you think could come in and start right away sure fourth fifth sixth and seventh especially fifth sixth and seventh best available like you were just saying right I was still surprised with his physicality and what we've seen him do that it took him that long to get picked but I mean, you know, I think he's got a shot. I, what I'm really interested in is to see these preseason games, which, you know, we'll yeah. have three instead of four like we've seen in the past. Sure. But is he able to kind of stand out and make those plays? You know, like the they kept showing the catch against Kentucky where sure. you know, he kind of oh, yeah. made the Kentucky the, guy look a little rough. The most disrespectful catch of all time. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's got a chance, Dude. you know, to go out there and show out. And, and like you said, I mean, it's not going to be easy because of that receiving core in Denver, but – I mean, we've seen he's talented. He's just got to right. make it 
and and be fulfill that potential that we've seen right. on occasion. And obviously, you know, he made a lot of plays at Auburn. Maybe it can translate. Dude, I posted it on Twitter, man. Like I had to when he was still on the board because, like, I know the trendy thing to do, like the cool thing to do, is to look like a tough evaluator. You know, oh well, he actually he was blah blah blah, and he actually sucked. And I'm the contrarian, and I think that's right. <laughs> it's like, but I'm like, man. Seth is a good football player. <laughs> Seth was really freaking good. And I got I got tired of doubting him halfway through his sophomore year because, like, I mean, he just – like, you kept waiting, like, okay, when's the sophomore slump? Like, when's he going to stop doing this? And he just kept doing it. I mean, he kept taking over games. Um, I mean, you know, coming up in clutch moments, which is not something that I think is easily repeated, right? No. Like, how do you – you know what I mean? He should have caught that one against Oregon and then never done anything again. But he kept doing it, right? And I don't know, man. I I got I I got tired of doubting him a long time ago. So if if he just gets the right opportunity, you know, I think he can be there. And like, I know there's some like little questions out there about like you know taking plays off, blah blah blah. And I'm like, bro, now you're paying him money. <laughs> like I don't know how motivation is a question anymore. He's making money and he's trying to earn more money. So. I don't know, man. I think he went too late, but um, you know he'll he'll get his camp invite and he'll get a shot to go up there. And and we're kind of seeing it with Duke Williams, right? Like the cream will rise to the crop. Like if 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 Denver's uh, receiver core is too stacked, you know, go to the CFL, get mark your way back. Uh, as long as he puts in the work, he has the talent to do that. So uh, yeah, and and I think with what Seth was able to do at Auburn, you've seen that he's got the potential. And again, I think where he was picked, that's a worthy gamble for Denver. Yeah. When you look at the guys, and let's also throw in Eli Stove, he was an undrafted free agent with the Chargers, and then Jordan Peters was an undrafted free agent with the New York Jets. Is there a guy that you think maybe has the best fit or, or that you think maybe interests you the most with how they kind of fit with their new team in the NFL? Oh, man, Schwartz. I mean, the fact that the fact that I mean, just you can throw him out there, like, hey, go deep. You know what I mean? And, like, who's the running back? They've got a running back. They've got a guy. Yeah, Nick Chubb. And he's he's beasting, right? And he's doing well. So they got a running back. They have um, Giants guy. Why am I blanking? OBJ. I think to to what you're saying, OBJ, yeah. The fact that he is not looked at as the number one receiver is huge. Sure. Right, exactly. You've got OBJ, and then it's like, you got him doing this, you got Nick Chubb down here, and then you got. Yeah, Jarvis Landy, he do you your thing, and then Flash, go deep. Go, bro. Go. Stretch the field. Like, come on. I think you got it. I think the fact that, I mean, I would say Schwartz is the guy that I'm most intrigued by because he was not drafted to be the number one guy, and he's fast, but we need to rely on him to do everything else, which we know that he's, you know, a capable receiver and not just running nine routes. Right, right. to know Cleveland's not saying – well, he's fast, but we're relying on him like he's our number one. Right. They're saying, look, we know he's got skills, and, and we want to have that kind of Tyreek Hill-esque player right. that the Chiefs have. Because look at Kansas City's receiving core. Outside of Tyreek Hill, they do have other guys that they can rely on. They have yeah. Sammy Watkins and some of those other guys these last few years. But, you know, they see that there's value in adding him to that receiving core, but they're not building the entire passing game on whether or not Anthony Schwartz can be their number one because I don't think that would work. Right. I should credit Fergie, Justin Ferguson, I think, talked me into how, how what a good fit Flash is. Because, you know, like I'm not a Baker believer, but <laughs> he's good enough, and the rest of that offense, it fits really well for him to just be that added threat. I agree. Yeah. And the thing to me, too, jumping off of that, I'm really intrigued with what Jamie and Sherwood looks like because the New York Jets have announced him as a linebacker. 
And, and he had kind of talked about that early on, you know, when we talked to him at Pro Day, that there was a chance, you know, he could move from mm-hmm. safety to linebacker. I mean, we've seen him hit. He's not afraid to, to go out and hit some guys. You know, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see just how his fit kind of uh, winds up being with the Jets. And I think that's a Jets defense where pretty much anyone, anyone right now can come in there. Yeah. And <laughs> They, they don't exactly. It's a good part of good part of going to the Jets. Yes, there's nobody that's got a lockdown. Oh, well, we can't replace this guy. It's the Jets. Right. Come on, sorry, Jets fans. Yeah, I like that. No, I mean the Jets are gambling. They think that you know the league's getting faster. You're getting smaller, and you go for go for a guy like Jamie and convert him to linebacker. I like the idea if that's what you believe. Agreed. You know. Any other draft thoughts before we kind of go on uh, to some of the other Auburn football news? No, it was good. Uh, undrafted free agents. Who was it? Um, everybody. Stove yeah, and Eli. Jordan Peters. We're still waiting on Christian Tut. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Everybody but Christian, it looks like. So, hey, man, we'll and, see. And we'll see where he goes. Jordan Peters, because I know yeah. he was tweeting, you know, when the draft ended that, you know, he wanted to really prove himself. Now he gets a chance. And again, hey, man. pretty ideal situation to go to the Jets. Huh? Right. Right, but I we talked about this too last week. His special teams expertise that may wind up being the difference in being in the league and not. Remember what I was saying about like Sharif, like being a point guard, and it's like sometimes teams just need, they don't need a quarterback. We got one. I need someone to play special teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Needing someone to come in and just do this job. You know, you go go into a job. It's like you you can't just always apply to be the CEO. Sometimes they just need somebody to work. So I mean, maybe he can carve out a, a role, man. That'd be, you know. I think he's got a good shot just given his uh, his background and how well he's done on special teams. Well, switching gears from guys that left Auburn to go to the NFL to guys who just left Auburn. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of news of the transfer portal uh, the last week or so. Um, you know, looking through it, edge player Jaron Handy, defensive tackle Jay Hardy, quarterback Jalil uh, Garnett and safety Chris Thompson Jr. have all entered the transfer portal. You liked that little segue there. Didn't you? Uh, I, you know, I thought about it right before it came out of my mouth. But uh, so that's guys that have decided. You know, now that the spring's no. over with, that's four guys that have entered the portal. Yep. They're going to look at their other options. And uh, you know, what are your immediate thoughts? I know a lot of Auburn fans were sort of like, "Oh wow, well, oh, well, you know, guys leaving." Uh, what were your thoughts on these guys announcing this and, and sort of they have gotten the ball rolling toward leaving and, and finding a new program? My immediate thoughts are relax. It's okay. Did the Aaron Rodgers? Relax. R-E-L. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> relax. Speak it to relax. Um, it's fine. They're backups. Okay. So what was the so there were three and then the biggest one was Chris, right? It's like okay, this guy this guy's actually got a shot at playing time, but then you kind of look at the tea leaves, and we look at you know a, a target that makes sense in recruiting is this guy who left Vanderbilt, coached by Derek Mason, Donovan Kaufman, yeah. who could come through. I don't know why I don't know anyone's name today, like good. Jordan. <laughs> who am I talking about? <laughs> Your best guess. It's like we're playing we're playing guess who? No, we're playing Jeopardy. This. <laughs> Who is uh, Donovan Coleman? Right, right, yeah. So yeah, so I mean that that one is the of the red flags. If a backup safety is the biggest red flag, it's not that bad. Of, it's not that big of a deal. So this is the new world we're living in. This is the new transfer portal. It's going to get even hotter now that they've passed this rule that you can move somewhere once, which is what softball had all the time. But for some reason, it didn't apply to all sports. Now it applies to all sports. So you're going to see that if you follow Auburn softball, you saw that a lot. 
people would just come in and you can jump from one D1 program to the other and you know you're good. And so that's kind of where we're that's where it's going to go now without losing people can uh, jump without you know without losing eligibility. So um yeah, I, I think we're just going to see more of it. I think you, you're seeing more of it in other places, not just Auburn. And I think it's telling the timing of it that these kids went through spring, saw where they stood, thought they could do better elsewhere. I think at that point, to me, is really the big reason why you don't freak out. I right. Think if they, they, did, the, they didn't just quit like, oh, I hate this Harson guy. I'm out. They say. tried. If they, they got a week and a half into spring right. ball and you had six people, seven right. people decide they were going to transfer, that's like, okay, let's right. maybe right. maybe this is an issue. But these guys saw where they stood. We all saw the depth chart and who played when. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think Chris Thompson is the only one that makes you kind of go, what? Yeah, right, because some of these D linemen, especially, like, you know, Derek's trying to play 3-4. Like, it's different. Like, some of these, like, you know, Handy and – was it Handy and Hardy? Yes. Yeah, which I want to say I've mixed up those guys. Oh, no. And, like, I get tripped over Jaron Handy J- and Jay Hardy. The right. The whole time they've been on the roster, I always am like – And they both have a J first name. So. Exactly. We're glad they're gone. I'm just kidding. There's not – there's there's two. We don't have to make that mistake in, anymore. There's two in the room. I mean, two J names. That's 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 far enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, that all of that is like, hey man, this might not fit what you signed up for when you came to Auburn. So good luck to you. You know, go find what you're looking for because the three four probably wasn't it. Yeah. And that that's just life. That's a fact of life. And you know, maybe they'll you know come back to visit Auburn if you know if they love it, but. You know, it's it's not your it's not your position. Yeah, and I mean they don't owe it to anybody. They can no. go find playing time elsewhere. You know, I think of like you know Garnett leaving. He was maybe gonna be the third string. I think that shows you that right. Demetrius Davis was probably in good shape. Sure, the third string and that's fair. That's a good takeaway. I hadn't thought of that. I think so. I mean, and he played pretty well in that spring game. Right. He had a night. I really liked one of the scrambles he had. He kind of yeah. had a, a head move and took off running and had another. I think everybody remembers the throw. He had like yeah. a forty yard throw. Yep. But he, you know, Demetrius started spring like just from the outside when we got to look at practice. And, you know, Brian says, Brian Harson says, there's not a depth chart, there's a pecking order. It's like, oh, Demetrius is at the bottom of the pecking order to begin with, right? So that makes sense that he, you know, he made some movement and Shalil's like, okay. So along those lines, I kind of want to hit on some guys that I think could benefit for these guys leaving. Again, these guys that are entering the portal were not starters. So this doesn't exactly, you know, open up a, like, well, you can go ahead and start. Um, but we talked about Davis. Uh, I want to talk about Caleb Johnson, an edge guy, guy that I was able to watch in high school at Northside Columbus. He was a really talented guy. He's shown flashes. He hasn't played a ton uh, in his first couple years here at Auburn, but he's an edge guy that could maybe step up. Uh, Marquise Burks, defensive tackle, yeah. a junior college guy that's been here. I think this will be his second year. I think uh, you know he's probably looked at as the guy that can be in the middle there, play that defensive tackle position. Um, so he's probably got a chance to step up. And then the other safeties, Eric Reed Jr., he's probably got a, a good shot at it. And then a, another local guy that showed out in that A-Day game, Trey Elston. Yeah. I think, you know, even though he's a walk-on, I mean, that that was another hit to the safety depth, and uh, maybe he can he can make the most of that and, and try to get uh, in the mix and, and maybe see some playing time this fall. Yeah, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> see, that's what I like when it's just nice and easy. We, we, we are totally on board. They don't call you the best color man in the business or nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's we, right. Were, we were quoting another major league quote earlier. We won't say it. Yeah, yeah, that probably could <laughs> Um, Because you can't say it on the air. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Switching gears. What's next? 
All right. Auburn men's basketball. Okay. Pretty much everything seems to be wrapped up as far as the transfers. Right. Everybody so we've, has... we've, we've officially got the letters of intent for everybody. Exactly. Walker Kessler, Zeb Jasper, Wendell Green Jr., and then Desi, Desi Sills signed on Wednesday today right. as we're talking. So it right. seems like everybody is on board. So as we stand with this roster right now, right. there's at least one spot left right. that we know of. So a little inside baseball for everybody. They committed, and then when they sign sign, that means the coach can say stuff about them. So then when they're signed, officially, the university puts out a release and Bruce says nice things about them, right? And that means they're in, it's official, right? So, yeah, so that's what's happened. So everybody's in now. And like you said, so the roster is at 12 right now of 13 with JT Thor on the roster. JT Thor leaves, there's two scholarship spots open. If he stays, there's one open. But as we've talked about, playing time is a different deal. There's, there might be scholarships available. There's not any playing time available, hardly. And that's what happened with Trey Alexander. Um, so we'll see what they do next. Uh, you would think you you go for someone, maybe, you know, a JUCO guy who just wants, you know, one more shot at it, you know, somebody on their, their maybe, maybe, maybe someone on their last legs of their college career trying to, trying to make it, make it big with one more splash. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's who you go after. They have somebody, but it's got to be someone who understands that, that they'll probably start on the bench. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I don't think we should be expecting any, like, five-star Walker no. Kessler-esque guys because, no. again, there's only one ball and you can only put five guys on the court at right. one time. So I think that it's sort of wrapped everything up. I think Sills is signing. You know, there was drama last week, or I guess that was two weeks ago now, that when Trey Alexander, I don't think, right. you know, on the – Horizon. I don't think we saw that coming, but when, once it happened, you're like, okay, sure. this makes sense. Right. But I don't see any more, you know, kind of avalanche. Whoa, you know. Right. No, no need for an emergency podcast. With coming. <laughs> They're probably going to add somebody. Right. They could wind up adding two people. You know, we still don't know about JT Thor and right. and sort of what his mindset is and what his chances are of coming back are. But right. I think on the whole, everything's kind of slowing down for Bruce Pearl and everybody as they get ready for next season. Right. So if you're an Auburn fan, you're watching JT Thor. If he comes back, you throw a parade. You celebrate. That's great, right? And and if not, you need a wing. And that here's the thing: they're probably waiting to see who they offer based on what Thor does. Because yep. if Thor leaves, there's more playing time. Well, suddenly and, open, you know. And that's the thing too. I mean, we still got a little while before he absolutely has to make his decision. Right. So it's kind of interesting that like it's sort of this waiting game of yeah. Okay, what what do we think? And obviously, you know, maybe Bruce Pearl and those guys have intel on what JT sure. can do. But we on the outside looking in sure. are just kind of playing a guessing game. Right. But you know, I think just learning from the past, like I he didn't replace Sharif until Sharif said he was for sure leaving like he didn't Wendell didn't come in until we knew Sharif was leaving you know like he went after I remember he went after Zepp and everyone was like oh does that mean does that mean Sharif's gone like no they play different positions not the same then Wendell comes in who is Sharif's twin like plays the exact same way like oh yeah this is the guy that replaces Sharif (laughs) Uh, so yeah so I I it feels I'm sure he's probably in communication with people but don't know if the offer is out there right now you know I don't think anyone I don't think any JT Thor replacement has announced that they've received an offer from Auburn yet. Like, I don't think they're at that stage yet. I think they're waiting and seeing on JT. That's just me. That's what I think. No. I mean, it makes, <laughs> makes a lot of sense because we haven't seen movement on that front. Right. 
Uh, we'll switch gears and talk a little positive baseball news. Hey, I man. Like, I feel like I'm Debbie been... Downer when I talk about Auburn baseball <laughs> because they've struggled so much. Right. i got to give them credit. They went out and played at my alma mater. There you go. At number 20, Georgia. The unfriendly took, con- the, the unfriendly confines. Fully filled and took two of three. <laughs> yeah. Had a really dramatic second game. Yeah. 14 innings. And, and I think that was sort of a point where the situation had Auburn lost that game mm-hmm. could have been really disastrous toward what the rest of the season looked like. If you lose right. that game and then you lose Sunday, right. or I guess that was – I think that was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes. So they're doing it weird. They're doing it the holiday schedule. <laughs> they would have lost that game Friday night and then lost Saturday. You're like, well, I mean, we can't buy a break. Right, 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 right. But they win that game and then they win on the Saturday as well. And now they're tied – in, there's a three-way tie in the cellar with Texas A&M and the other one, and <laughs> Missouri, Missouri. And, <laughs> and so two of them are going to miss the SEC tournament, but they're tied with the other two. So they just got to get themselves, launch themselves ahead of Texas A&M and Missouri. And guess who's on the schedule after LSU? Well, I want to hit two on that LSU series. Right. Because LSU, I think, is only a couple games right. ahead of Auburn. No, you're right. You're so right. You go in, you know, and LSU's coming to Auburn. Winnable games. Win- a winnable series. If you can win that series, yep. I mean, you give yourself a lot more breathing room. Yeah, you do. Auburn is by no means right. locked into this SEC tournament. Like we've talked right. about before, you got a 14-team conference. Only right. 12 go to the SEC tournament. Right. And Auburn is sitting there near the bottom. Right. But if they can maybe get some wins against an LSU team that's doing really well, they took a game off of number one Arkansas, and, and yeah. I think they sure. took the series against Ole Miss before that, which right. we know is a good Ole Miss series. They try a baseball down there, man. They're going to be good. Yeah, LSU, you know, this is sort <laughs> of These it. Mississippi and Louisiana teams, they like, they like baseball, man. They're going to be good. And what's funny is this LSU team has been kind of off as far as win-loss from what LSU is, ex- you know, is right. expected to do. Right. But they seem to be kind of hitting on all cylinders when it kind of matters. So sure. All needs to, I would say, try to win at least two or two of three um, to really feel good about their chances of going up to Hoover and being able to play in that tournament. Yeah, yeah. You, you got a chance to make some space, and then obviously the head-to-heads come later. So there's three series left. It's LSU, and then it's either Texas A&M. I don't know the Missouri. Yeah. I don't know the order yeah. of Texas A&M and Missouri. That's to close the season. Um, and right now, I mean, you're just the six inches in front of your face, you're just like, you know, what? Someone with the door. Uh, you're just like. I thought you were going to go on any given Sunday. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly right. But it's like, you know, you're just trying to make the SEC tournament, and you're trying to win the game at the SEC tournament, and then you're trying to win the next game at the SEC tournament. It's the thing, you know, that they talk about. I'm going to throw another movie in there and go Bull Durham. You okay. know, they say just take it one game at a time. I mean, but. Yeah, as literally all as you that, can do. As dumb as that sounds, that's where Auburn is. Right. You can't afford to look ahead because right. if you look ahead and say, well, we got to win a m Right. You got to win Missouri. Well, if you get swept by LSU, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Hey, man, you win, win these series, go to the SEC tournament, make some noise, and hope that the SEC schedule and the, the reputation that SEC has might can get you in a regional still. I don't know. It seems like we're kind of you're kind of past that, but you know, are you trying to you know you're trying to live and fight another day? And if they make the tournament, you are living to fight another day. Absolutely. I mean, it's an uphill battle, but if Auburn can string some wins together and maybe put on a good showing for the tournament. Who knows? They might be able to steal a spot. You know, we see with these tournaments all the time, there can sometimes be teams that make it that you go, ah, you know, I don't yeah. know. Auburn could be that team if yeah. they're they right. able to finish the season strong. I should have kept focus on the six inches in front of my face when someone walked in the door. Yeah. I mean, we're, like, you know, Jessica, what do you need? This, you don't need anything in this room? Okay. None of us are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> see, well, Jordan, this is why I like Jordan. <laughs> 
always trying to be the positive influence on this podcast. Somebody's got to be. Well, let's start to wrap this thing up, and I'll go back to the NFL draft. And not look Auburn-specific, but over the whole draft, there's nothing like an NFL draft for hot takes. Oh, yeah. So, Justin, do you have any that you would like to expunge upon our listeners from what you saw and your thoughts on what we're going to see from some of these guys I got picked? How about you go first? Because I'll just – I'm just going to – you go first. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Trey Lance. I am not a Trey Lance believer. I do not think that's going to wind up working with the 49ers. Because if you look at Trey Lance's career, very limited play. Sure. Even going back to high school, his system that they ran was really run heavy. He okay. Throwing a whole lot. You've done your research. You're like, man, I'm going, I went back to the tapes. This is why, this is why I've been grinding <laughs> tape over here, man. You think we're just in this back office. I watch film. Okay. In here and I'm, I'm yeah. Watching. But didn't throw a lot in high school. Played okay. very limited at North Dakota State, and then last year they only had one game. So you got that. And But I, the biggest thing to me is I think everybody has bought in that Kyle Shanahan, oh, Kyle Shanahan sure. this, and Kyle Shanahan that. Yes, we so, hear it all the time. Yeah, you, you're seeing it more <laughs> you're and more. You're seeing it more and more. <laughs> People will not criticize Kyle Shanahan. It's almost to like the Bill Belichick, well, he did this, and he knows what he's doing, so he can do no wrong. Right. I don't think this is going to work. I think okay. that, and I think part of it too is everyone's like, oh, thank God they didn't get Mac Jones. Right. They were sure. talking, and everyone's like, you can't get Mac Jones at three. I love how ESPN was so surprised. It's like, oh, Mac Jones keeps falling. And it's like, you're the only one who said he was going to go that high. And that what, was you. And it was like, if he doesn't go at three, then he is going to 15. Right. So it was like, yeah. but I don't think Trey Lance is going to wind up working. I think it might be fun to watch, but I'm not convinced. I think that. They were really forced to try to get a quarterback. I right. really wanted to see him get Justin Fields. Right. Um, but my, my ultimate hot take is that uh, Trey Lance does not do too Hey, man, I'm going to go off of that. And I'm going to say I don't like Zach Wilson. Not because I've seen his high school tapes, but because he looks like, as I saw on Twitter, he looks like an actor playing a quarterback. That's true. I'm not sure he's actually a quarterback. He looks like he he's plays quarterback on a CW show. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a bad year for quarterbacks. I think all of them are going to be bad. Yeah, I'm not. I think Justin might be all right. I think Trevor, I don't know about their Trevor will be, yeah, I mean Trevor. Besides Trevor. Yeah. Trevor will be fine. I think, and I think the thing that a lot of people have finally learned is that if some of these guys flake out, it might be like, if Zach Wilson's bad, it could be his fault. Also could be that he's with the Jets. Right, like, true. I think, <laughs> I think people have started to realize, like, we can't always call these guys busts because sometimes right. they get put in crappy situations. <clears throat> Trevor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's going to be tough for all of them. Like, I'm not excited I mean, about and, and the only one I'm excited about to watch is Justin. And uh, But, I mean, but that's because who knows what's going to happen. Well, I mean, He's going to be all over the place. It's going to be fun to watch. the fact, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're stepping in and replacing a legend in Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I mean, think about the pressure, man. The pressure. All, all the those, pressure. All those Jacksonville yeah. fans, both of them. And you're, you're playing for a coach who has won a number of NFL games. And as someone, Number zero. As someone pointed out, <laughs> someone who doesn't handle losing well in her yeah, that's fair. Yeah. How is he going to handle when he's like four and eight, and they're going in to to play like the number one team in the AFC? Like, is he going to just be? This family's going to come call him. I just don't. I just don't see it. Man, a little negative end of the podcast. Well, you know, We're just you know, roasting everyone. <laughs> but we feel good about the Auburn players. So yeah. We're excited to see what Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams and, and 
Yeah. Brett, I want to see what KJ does in that uh, Tampa Bay defense. I don't know. He's already like it fits I, him. Like he feels like a Bruce Arians player. Yeah. I yeah. think He can do well there, and I think you know he's already had the attitude of like I'm willing to help on special teams. I want to do whatever it takes. That's what you got to have. If exactly. You're drafted, especially in that third day. Right. Perfect. Well, let's wrap it up. Love it. Uh, Again, uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching. And until next week, take care.